Goddamn kiss guy. Yep. Kiss guy. Kiss guy is the best of all guys. His face was falling off because it was latex. And he. Oh, is yeah, that you should probably just watch the game? movie. Yeah. It's, it's not great. a movie. Watch the video. I'm sorry. Oh, it's, goodness. It's not it's a, a video. movie. It's a video. And you got to make a drinking game out of it because it's safer ish than hot lava. Or that other game we used You can to get play. hurt pretty bad playing The Floor is Lava. Yeah. American Presidents. We've, we've American Presidents that. from that Just Jess yes show. So, anyways, you guys, if you really want to, you can see us pre-gaming to Kiss Guy on our Patreon. But I don't like to push the Patreon. But you could help us with our monthly podcast bills. That would be cool. It'd be great. Boo, we're on episode 34. We have some new school thugs. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Who are these people? They're thugs. They're thugs that listen to us. Nice. uh, We have Cindy Lou, I believe from the Grand Rapids area. And we have Cheryl H., whom I work with and said she binge listened to uh, nice. That's the very first that's a big compliment. binge listener that I know of. That's a huge compliment. Thank you guys nice. so, so have, much. Yeah. Also have new Facebook friends, Scoot, AKA Scooter, AKA Hooters son. Uh, oh, nice. I know him. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Such a great guy. He's introduced me to, numerous podcasts that I love. So that's super cool. And have to give a shout out to our old school thug. We're not even that old. Is this yet. the Colorado girl? But we have, yeah, one lady. of them. I'm we have sh- I'm two so Colorado ladies. This one is Michelle H. And uh, we've been chatting and creating a friendship. It's just been super freaking cool. Nice. And she ordered masks. Michigan Murders in Music Mask. You got it, folks. Go on to the Etsy.com, hit up Beat Rocker, and you can get your own masks. Yeah, he makes them. It's cool. We know this guy, Morgan. Also, He's pretty cool. Dude, last night I looked up our five, uh, I looked up our reviews. Yeah. I didn't we look at anything below the five stars. I'm not going to lie. I just act like. We just got all five stars from everybody. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what J.B. Mooney would do. Well, yeah, what who wants to hear the J. negative stuff? B. If there M. is, do I, you know? She, uh, Mary is a buckle bunny. I am such a fucking cowboy whore. Yep. Uh, five stars given to us by Erica O nine eight seven, and also thirty five dozen. I'm curious. 35 dozen. Where, how did you come up with that name? You guys hey, are the best new and old school thugs. Thank if you. If you want a mask, go to Etsy, look up Beat Rocker. You can order a mask of Michigan Murders Music or 
any other mask he has available, right? He's got quite a selection. Yeah, look just take a look. Look at you all fancy tonight. Oh, you know, I thought Today, I'd dress up a little bit for this you. This afternoon, you look fine. Oh, thanks. Is your pipe? It's piped? over there. Is your I have pipe a chew going packed? right now. I'll... Ew. Oh, wait. What? JB chews. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's, we're, we're in Michigan. What are you? <sighs> For fuck's sakes. Mm-hmm. You know, winners got to do whatever they want to do. I'm doing what I want to do right we're now. We're winners. Chicken, don't say it, Mary. Okay, you guys. I, I'm going to preface this two-part episode, which we are going to put out to you. All this weekend. We yes. have to do it in two parts because it's it's a great story, but it's we long. We are also putting it out. There's details that we, we really need to include, and that just makes it extra long. Okay. This... <laughs> I said extra long. <laughs> Bam. My dick. is <laughs> <laughs> extra long. Come down to my knees. Shish, there was a period of time in my life where I did not do the true crime stuff because I had three kids. Any parent or mother out there will tell you, I don't want to see, no, I already can't, I already don't know how to raise this kid. I don't need to know about all the sick fuckers out there, right? So I did live in Cedar Springs when this situation happened. Mm. I knew very little of it. Saw the posters, saw the signs, saw, I saw the signs. Focus. <laughs> oh, shit. Back. I'm back. Now that all my kids are grown, I looked it up, and I was, holy shit, there's way more to the story than just a teenage, beautiful young lady and her baby daughter girl who was almost two years old disappeared. Yeah. Very creepy. Bad <sighs> story. So bad. However, there's a minimal, there's a chance that baby Shannon could be alive. And if there's anything that any of our podcasts can do, and I know there's other true crime podcasts out there, you're on the same list. Like if there's anything we can do, it's spread the knowledge, spread what we know. If she's was sold off, we got to know that too, right? Right. Okay. So, Boo, we're going to talk about who. I'm sorry. That was a long intro, you guys. Not sorry, but oh, I'm... Sorry. I thought it was going to go on for another 15 minutes. Oh, fuck off. Marvin Charles Gabrion resides on death row, federal penitentiary, Terra Haute, Indiana. Everybody's like, I'm pretty sure back a few episodes ago, you guys told us Michigan didn't have death row. Oh, but he's in Indiana. Yeah, and we still don't have death row. And this is a Michigan and murder story. So how did that happen? Oh, we're going to get into that. Oh, yeah. Here's your drink. It has something to do with federal land. Yeah, boy, get it. Mm-hmm. Veen, veen. Yep. Marvin Gabrion. Did not have a good start in life. He was born the fifth out of six kids, and they all lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Marvin's father was extremely abusive. And his mother had mental issues. I like to say issues. Yeah. She was, she was a little Looney Tunes. Okay. Ugh. I can't say that anymore, can I? Yeah, we can. Okay. It's... It is what it is. I'm a little Looney Tunes. I'm not going to lie. 
So parents frequently left the kids home alone, like six kids home alone to fend for themselves. Party! Pretty much. At one point, when Marvin was young, he became ill, but his dad wouldn't take him to the doctor. Finally, he had to because his fever was so bad. Yeah, and then when they did, they know what what happened? Yeah, they discovered he had pneumonia, and they had to remove like weird little piece of leather or something out of his lungs. He had something in there. It's not actual leather, but he had, yeah, leather-like. Yeah, yeah. his pneumonia was so bad that... They It's just pneumonia. <sighs> Dumbass. Fuck off. <laughs> at one point <laughs> at one point his mom took his younger brother and went to live with another man for a while. Just I'm out. I'm gonna go live with this guy. Forget about the rest of my five children that I have. And eventually mom had a nervous Fucking breakdown. Mom's like that. <laughs> and the kids were taken from the home and placed Sorry, in foster just care. My mic. They were. It was known that when the parents were drinking, they were physical fighters. Butcher fucking knives came out. Butcher knives. Knock down, bitch. drag out. We're not talking the little out. pear knife it's, from the dollar store. We're like talking a butcher knife. Live or die kind of fights. It was ugly. I can't imagine. They both had extramarital sexual innuendos going on. I don't yeah. even know what that just meant. As my grandpa would say, they were... Kissing next to the pot. Oh. <laughs> For real. Yeah. It's really gross when you think, when you dissect that statement. Well, it's kind of a gross thing to do. Oh, you got me on that one. So Mom ma- would also have the kids siphon gas. I just want to say that at one point, my brother was in charge of watching me, and my parents were working, and we wanted to ride our goddamn snowmobiles, and there was no gas in them. How dare our parents leave us with no gas? Because they knew that you wouldn't be able to ride them unless you were crafty to so siphon gas and mix we, some two-cycle oil. He tried to it. siphon it, and he couldn't. So I was like, look at me. I can do this. I think I was eight. I inhaled so much fucking gas. I don't know if we got in trouble. I just remember being really sick. So don't make your kids siphon gas. Just buy them some gas. They're going to go take the snowmobiles out anyway. They're going to do it anyways the second you turn around. Oh, wait. What? So one time. I heard we're riding those. When Marvin burned trash too close to the house. Oh, no, he didn't. His dad rammed his head either into a wall or a two by four or something, depending on where you read what there's some conflicting stories here. If you know anything about any kind of killers, head head injuries, injuries, Mm -hmm. look it up. Eventually the family would end up living in white cloud. Boot, give me your hand. Okay. Where's the cloud of the white? It is right up about here. If you keep going up M37, you'll get to Baldwin eventually. He is going directly below his pinky and his ring finger. Where I pinched my hand. Yeah, it's on the the west side of the state. But lower by your wrist. I know this is hard, you guys, because you can't see us, and that's okay. Indiana. We're way up here. Oh. What's this? We thing? live here. What's that pad of your left side pinky thing? It's above. That's the... where I pinched my hand a couple of days ago at work. I didn't like put a mark on my hand to show where a white cloud is. I think you did. I think you're okay. into this That's podcast actually about so much where... that you cut <laughs> it's about yourself. Where it is. That you That's cut weird. yourself to show people. 
Even though we can't actually show them. <laughs> you guys are the best. The family moved to White Cloud, which is not too far north of us. On the night of August 6th, 1996, Rachel had the opportunity to get away from being a great mom for a bit. So uh, we don't like to say a lot about our victims, but Rachel was a young mom of an almost two-year-old baby. We did say something about her, but she was, Rachel was relatively young. I think she was. She was getting her life together. Yeah. And she was 18 back in the day. If you were 18 when you had a kid, oh, you were like an old maid already. (laughs) Isn't that weird? And now if you're 18, you're like looked upon. Uh, Oh my God. I see people in their forties with newborns and I'm thinking, what? Mm-mm. Why would you do that? Oh, my God. <sighs> On the night of August 6th, she was picked up by a few friends. Wayne Davis, Mikey Gabrion. Yeah, Gabrion, you recognize that name? And his uncle, Marvin Gabrion. They all went to play cards. At one point during the game, Marvin grabbed Wayne by the throat in an overheated situation. He's like, Someone has a little bit of a temper. He's like, I'm going to choke you, fucker. I don't know if that's what he said. I'm just envisioning. Marvin said he would take three people home. He went by Rachel's house. And Rachel's like, that was my house. And then he kicked out the other two boys from the car. Yeah, so they had to find their own ways home. They just used their little feet. He threatened to kill her baby in front of her. If she told anyone what he was about to do. Yeah, he. So she faked it to survive. Okay, so wait. So he would take wait her up. home. He, he actually took her off the road about 300 feet, which is kind of an important detail. So he took her off the road into the woods. At first, she tried to comply and do the things that women are supposed to do to get the stupid motherfucker to stop raping you. like. Well, first she started to fight, and then she was like, I'm going to try to comply, and she did comply. But he still raped her numerous times in those woods, just like 300 feet off the road. Right. When she got home, she ran past Wayne and Mikey and hid in the bathroom with a hammer until Marvin was gone. I don't know if you guys remember Wayne and Mikey. They are the ones that had to get out of the car and walk home. We already told you that. God. She called her counselor and talked to her sister and decided to go to the hospital the next day when she went through the horrible steps after being raped. She then reported the rape charges to Marvin. He was eventually put in jail, and two weeks later, his pal Wayne postponed for him. One year later, literally two days before the trial against Marvin, Rachel goes on a date with John Weeks, who encourages her to bring her baby, baby Shannon, 11 months old. To her sisters and father, she seemed very happy to be going on this date, happy that Shannon was being included as the baby was a huge part of her life. She left her dad's house for the last time on June 3rd, 1997 in Cedar Springs, Michigan. The very next day, dad gets a letter in the mail. It's Rachel's writing, and she states that she is in love and is running away to Arkansas with this guy. How did the letter get there so fast? This is a, a very strange thing, I, and it's as if she wasn't even in Arkansas. And later, the letters will have some, the stamps on the letters will be a, a key. 
When Rachel had gone on the date, the man never got out of the car, so nobody saw who it was or what he looked like. He just picked her up, and she busted out with the baby in its car seat and went on the date. In the meantime, court day arrives, and Rachel doesn't show up. The court date for Marvin, who was raping her. They can't find her. They think she's moved because of the letter, so the charges are dropped. Rachel also wrote letters. It's kind of fucked up. It is. Rachel also wrote letters to the judge and prosecutor saying she moved and wants to drop the rape charges. So they dropped them. Yeah. Another case in point where law fucking failed in a weird way. Why? Just because she's not around, don't drop the charges. And these, this, this envelope comes up again. It has a holographic stamp. I've never seen those. Have you? Oh, I, I've seen the holographic. I haven't things. seen the holographic. I've seen holographic stamps, but this is like almost like when I was a pen pal from Australia, their stamps were like printed into the envelope. Oh, neat. It was a separate stamp like ours are. Did you ever keep in touch with that person? No. That'd be kind of interesting. That would be super cool. Yeah. Anyways, so this was like like one of those shiny. Like on your credit card. Yeah. One of those things. And it was in the stamp. She said that. She wants to stay in Arkansas forever, that she's happy and I'm good. Yeah. Some of her family was concerned. Some thought maybe she did this to get a better life, get away from things. Totally makes sense. Yeah, I get it. One month later in Oxford Lake, boot, hand. Oh, Oxford Lake. Okay, here we go. Manistee National Forest area. Now we're up You guys have heard us talk about that. Like right about there. Which is up east of Big Rapids, yep. but west of Bightley, if you want to look on a map. Basically, right between Lake Michigan and Big Rapids. We've been there yeah, all the time. We camp all not, the way We haven't that been to area. Oxford Lake, but we're going to have to this summer. Oh, no, because the dogs. I know there's still a body out there. There's we'll probably, get to that. Oh, go yeah. on. Move, move. One month later. Oxford Lake, Manistee National Forest area, fishermen and a son find the body of Rachel. Sadly, she was floating in the lake. Uh, Duct tape around her eyes and face, arms bound behind her back, and 63 pounds of concrete blocks with chains secured around her with padlocks. Padlocks is a, a key thing here. Another key thing is that because of the way her body was found... Officials knew that she she was alive when she was tossed over the boat in that way, and the only air passage she had was her nose. Yeah. Fucking horrible. So she was alive when they just dumped yeah. her over the side of the boat. And she, she like filled with gases and floated to the fish surface. That you didn't mean to catch. That's, That's horrible. Disgusting. So we haven't talked about Kim. Uh, Kim is baby Shannon's baby daddy's mom. So she's the paternal the grandma. Grandma, yeah. Of baby Shannon. Kim heard about the body being found on the news and she immediately called the police. The body's fingerprints matched Rachel's. Kim had a friend in law enforcement who suggested she call the FBI and state that Rachel had been kidnapped. 
the FBI comes out and starts searching the Oxford Lake area where cadaver Rachel's dogs body was found. Yep, they brought in cadaver dogs, and those dogs were going nuts. There were more human remains in the area, and those those poor dogs. They were like, oh, 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 and they were probably in heaven as that's mm-hmm. their job. Doing the job. There was a local fisherman that said it was like a, it wasn't a bottomless lake as in it was so deep. It was actually kind of a weird shallow lake, but the sand kept, would just keep Organic giving away. Organic material was. Yeah, and just so, keep giving away yeah. and giving away and giving away. The anchors would give sink. It away, to, give it away, give it away now. It, they may have exaggerated, but 150 feet. Yeah. That, that's a deep lake. I don't, we've had some. Anchors sink far deeper. Oh, they wouldn't than even reach the bottom. We thought they would. Yeah. Then I got scared and I was like, he's going to throw me over get the out of here. edge. I got to go. <laughs> and I went like Scooby Doo and or Jesus. Why, why are you asking me about these bricks I brought along? I'm kind of funny. And, these and I got out. That was so funny. <laughs> oh my God. Nationwide, nationwide, alert. nationwide alert was issued for baby Shannon as there was literally no sign of her. The people the, closest to her. Were looked at as okay. okay. Everybody okay. close to her was looked at, like baby dad, Shannon's baby daddy. You know how they do. None of them seem to have the mo. Mo, they didn't have mo. Modus operandi. Oh, so fancy. Oh, FBI turned to Marvin to question him, but guess what? Marvin's been missing, and neighbors claim when the FBI went and chatted with them that they had not seen Marvin nor his hired handyman, John Weeks, well, for weeks. <laughs> well played. The blocks at his house matched those. Cement blocks. The cement blocks that were found at the alleged murder site. We're also fine at his home. They, they found keys that mm, strangely matched the locks that were used with the chains. Oh, my God. One lady was like, well, these keys are pretty, you know, they're master keys, and they all work. Um, Come on. We're in a small. It's too much of a coincidence. They weren't master keys. They just happened to. But it wasn't enough to arrest him. Mm -hmm. They learned that Marvin had numerous alter egos, bought and sold property in a very shady manner, including vehicles, insurance policies, and other people's names. You know what else they took note of? What? His fancy interior decoration. Oh my goodness, this is such a he hung up thing. curtains with motherfucking duct tape, bitches. Duct tape. That's why people call Michigan people hicks, is because of guys like this mm-hmm. motherfucker hanging up their ruining sheets, it for the rest of us. Not even curtains, probably a sheet or black trash up bags. A Power Rangers <laughs> sheet with a duct tape curtain rod. I had a neighbor that used black. Trash bags as curtains on his front porch. Yeah, it wasn't very pleasing. <laughs> a few people in Marvin's life. Wait, did you say about the numerous alter egos? No. Police learned that Marvin had numerous alter egos, yes, but sold properly, shadily, and vehicles, shadily. Insurance policies, shady. In other people's name, super shady. Oh, in the house he was living in, which is in Altona, Michigan. I don't know um, where that is. Don't ask me to hold up my hand. Okay, I won't. Thanks. But it was an Amish community. He was known as Robert Allen. 
a Skid Row transient who had been missing for two years. Robert Allen is also an important name that I hope I remember to say later. Marvin had legit taken over Robert Allen's life. He took over his identity and... The few people in Marvin's life are all disappearing. Fucking dropping off like flies. John's girlfriend had not seen him since he went on a dope run to Texas. Dope run. With, with Marvin. Motherfucking Marvin. Mm-hmm. Took this guy in a dope run and... I'm going to blow up the earth. This guy never comes back. <laughs> People uh, just keep, you know, this is right before the trial, remember... These are all people Potential that witnesses. were there. Mm-hmm. Was, and suddenly they're all dying. Yeah. So two people Missing. are down. So now we're looking for Wayne. You know, the shit who posted bail for him. Uh, apparently a, f- a good friend because he posted bail. I mean, you're some kind of friend if you don't post bail for your a bitch. So what's the body count? No. Well, if we include Wayne... Who they can't find. We're up to body count. Body count. Body count. I knew you were going to do that. Body count. I'm sorry. Can't help it. Three. Three. Okay. That's the magic number. Three. Also. It's the magic number. Still. Everyone's still looking for Marvin. Yeah. Yo. Let us know when you see Marvin. And it's small enough town where people let him know. So while the police were searching Marvin's house. I don't know. Yeah, it was a house. His house. Uh, They found pictures of scantily clothed children. Did he take baby Shannon and sell her? That's a really big concern Uh, lately. Things got real weird, real, real Um, dark. Okay. There really is a situation with kids being taken and... Family members come forward and state that he often camps near Hungerford Lake. Yep. Hunger Ford. That's what they name this lake. Which is near Big Rapids. When they get there, he's gone. However, this guy, he's he's kind of stupid. He, he left behind evidence. Firstly, I get so angry when I roll up on my favorite nature campsite and there's fucking trash there. Okay, he, he left baby diapers, a bar rat, some clothing, just things that, that could be Tied to Rachel and baby Shannon, basically. Tips come in that money is being funneled via post office box in New York. Something about a local land deal. It's more detailed, and if you want to look into it, feel free to. Turns out this is a sting. It's a sting, baby! Mm -hmm. They were on to him. They talked this guy into helping him set up this... this, scam this fraud he's doing with the guy from Grand Rapids who came up missing. That's the end of part one. We're going to leave you. There's so much more to this story. Oh my God. I had no idea mm-hmm. how much more. No idea. Like I said, we I might do it tonight. Out yeah. of the, oh, shoot. It's I, only two thirty. Oh fuck. I can get this written in. Oh, no hell time. Yeah. So I had no idea. Like I said, back in the day I had kids. Wasn't paying attention to true crime. No idea how thick the skin mm. on this plot gets. So, My while you're hurts. standing by. We need pads for our seats. <laughs> Can you guys send Don't us some tip that. money? My butt hurts. Oh, that did sound <laughs> wrong. While you're standing by, we're going to leave you on a happy note. But 
a bony butt. And a happy ending. Happy Here no, is happy ending. the war between. Holy shit. I love these guys. Great. Oh, guys. I say that all the time. I love oh. everybody. But these guys okay. are really good. Here we go. The war between. Let's get it, boot. Mm. Cheers. Right here. Now I've got to Tink. finish the next episode so we can do that for our listeners tonight. Let's do it.
and Michigan Murders and Music. Please rate the show wherever you listen. Michigan Murders and Music is produced by The Boots. Episodes are researched and written by Your Highness. Edited by Your Highness. Views and opinions are the sole stupidity of us and us alone. Don't blame others, please. Listening to this podcast could quite possibly cause major problems to your earballs and definitely will mess up your kids. Permission has been given to us by the bands and we purchased our music on Bandcamp.com. Support your local music scene and all local music scenes.